Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick DeVaio with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we're back from the international break. We're going to be recapping the Champions League and the Europa League. Anything that happened interesting in the past five big leagues over the course of the weekend. And we're going to be getting into our bets for the weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Lucas, we have gone viral on TikTok. We're going to go viral with this podcast. How are you doing? Oh, man, I hope we go viral with this podcast. That, that would be unbelievable. I mean, if you guys aren't following us on TikTok, uh, YouTube, Instagram, it is off the post footy across all three channels. Uh, we will be adding in some more clips, videos, historical, uh, historical stuff, what's going on right now, what we talk about. Uh, yeah. Definitely go hit the follow on, on those socials. Yeah, but it's, this it's, week, Champions ahead. League is back. Absolutely. Uh, just a real quick change. So off the post football on TikTok, but off the post footy on everything else, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, Champions League being back and everything. So many surprising results that uh, I didn't really see coming, especially with the the amount of goals in some of these games. Um, I don't know. Should we just get right into it? Let's get right into it. Let's start with the first game that had a, a lot of goals in it. Uh, Bayern Munich beat Victoria Blazin 5-0. Um, I mean, did you see the stat for Bayern Munich where I think they're unbeaten at home in the Champions League in the last seven years, which is just an unreal statistic. Um, like I, I saw something like that. Just want to make sure that I that I have the years correct. But it's been a long time since they've lost at home in the Champions League. So really insane statistic. Yeah, I've I've never I never heard of that statistic until you just brought it up. But I believe it just based on how strong of a team they've been over the past you know ten years, even uh, having won the Bundesliga as many consecutive times as they have, and also just the, the quality of the team. This is one of the on paper, five best teams in Europe right now. And so, totally believe it. Uh, Wait, okay. So, this is the legitimate stat. It's not okay. uh, not years-wise, but uh, they did set a record. So, the record is 31st game without defeat at home. 31 okay. games unbeaten at home. And it's the longest unbeaten run in the group stages. Uh, okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense to me. Um, I mean, listen, they Still crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that being correct, right? Because, you know, the quality of the teams in the group stages aren't as strong. They they usually match up with teams that are in pots two through four for them, right? Because they're always placed in pot one. So the chances of them getting a really strong team, like an, as an example, you know, a, a Real Madrid or or PSG is, is very slim. I mean, but in this case, you know, they, they play Barcelona in the group stages. So uh, I think it's totally well-deserved, says a lot about the, how good this team is. You know, if you want to start with Bayern, I mean, I think it's totally impressive what they did. Continue yeah. to impress me, continue to show that they're one of the best teams in Europe in contention for the Champions League. Um, I just want to go through the rest of these scores really quick. Go ahead. 
Marseille beating Sporting 4-1. I think very impressive in performance for, for them. Uh, Tavares from Arsenal is going on loan to Marseille, and he has been really, really good for them. He's the one that caused the red card to occur on Lisbon's side. Porto beating Leverkusen 2-0. This caused Leverkusen's manager uh, to essentially get sacked. And we're seeing Xavi Alonso being appointed for uh, the managerial role at Leverkusen, which I think is very intriguing to me. Very. Shocking result. Club Rouge beating Atletico Madrid 2-0. Unbelievable result for them. Uh, So surprising to me. Could not see that coming at all. I believe Griezmann missed the penalty as well in this fixture, which is uh, kind of, you know, funny to me because of the news of Atletico and Barcelona recently for him for half the price of what the uh, original loan to to purchase option was. Then Napoli. Wait, jumping in on that uh, Anton Griezmann uh, comment, he missed the penalty followed by scoring a goal in the penalty, like right after the penalty. This is a span of 30 seconds. He missed the penalty, hit the crossbar, he was through on goal afterwards. He banged in a goal, and he was offside. Oh, so not only did he miss a penalty, but he was offside right after. And it was just insane. But, um, yeah, continue on. No, no. Uh, just I want to stop at this one, too. Napoli being Ajax 6-1. I mean, just the unbelievable performance from Napoli. They have, they have been incredible. We wrote them off at the beginning of the season thinking that they would not qualify for the Champions League just due to the quality of players that they lost and Osman being uh, hurt as often as he was last year and the start of this year. So it's just it's just been wildly impressive, the players that they've purchased and who they've been using and how they've been playing under uh, Luciano Spalletti. Yeah, we wrote them off, but they didn't write back. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in for the rest of the fixtures. Uh, Tottenham and Frankfurt drew nil-nil. Um, really shocking result for Spurs, but they've just been in a poor, poor uh, run of form lately. Inter beating Barcelona. This is a, one of the shocks of the week as well. 1-0. Liverpool with the 2-0 victory. Uh, RB Salzburg beating Dinamo Zagreb, Zagreb 1-0. RB Leipzig. Uh, with a 3-1 victory over Celtic. Uh, this is uh, this one came out of nowhere. I did not expect Chelsea to absolutely thrash Milan 3-0. Uh, this unbelievable performance for them. Juve with a commanding 3-1 victory over Maccabee. Uh, Real Madrid with a 2-1 victory over Shakhtar Donetsk. Dortmund dominating 4-1 right before the uh, El Clasico uh, for, against Sevilla. PSG and Benfica draw 1-1, and Man City just continue to dominate, man. Like, unbelievable. 5-0 victory over Copenhagen. Um, out of these fixtures, right, and, and we're halfway through the group stage at this point, what teams have been surprising for you and you've been impressed with, and what teams have been disappointing? So the teams that, I mean, we talked about this from the start, Man City and Bayern, they're the cream of the crop. They're the top of the table. They're uh, a league above the rest, in my opinion. Um, Man City with Holland now, I think they were always in the semifinals, finals, barely just, just barely getting there with Holland. I think they're if they get the run of good fixtures, they're easily going to be able to reach the finals. 
Um, Barcelona with the 1-0 uh, defeat to Inter, that surprised me. So now they're in a Europa League spot, even though they spent so much money. However, with Barcelona, they've had injuries to their center backs. So they've, all the players that they bought, they're not even using anymore. Uh, Napoli. Yes. Can we just talk about Napoli for like a few minutes because, bro, they are unbelievably good. And this Ajax side is not bad. They're quality. But this Napoli side, oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about the best team in the group stages, they have been the best team in the group stages. They, yes. I mean, their group, their group is. If you're if you're just comparing the two, their group is just as strong as Man City's group. Uh, and I mean, if you're looking at the results, you know they beat Liverpool. They beat Liverpool four one. They beat Rangers three nothing, and then they smash Ajax six one. None of these games have been even close. Their goal difference is the same, uh, or actually, it's it's uh, it's one goal better than Man City's, right? But those two teams have been the best teams. Uh, Napoli definitely the most surprising, the most impressive. I mean, listen, if they play when they play Liverpool again on the the last match day, they probably will have already qualified for first place in the Champions League, right? So Liverpool is essentially competing with Ajax for that second spot, and I just think that. You know they're they're gonna come up and if they beat Ajax again they'll be sitting there at 12 points they'll still have Rangers and uh, I just I don't see Napoli really finishing anything other than first just based off of the first wow I can see them finishing second but they do advance for me Um, just because I think Liverpool can end up getting three points off of Napoli. and Ajax can get something off of Napoli. I, I don't think. I don't think Napoli is going to thrash Ajax as much as they did this round. (laughs) Um, Because think about Ajax, too. They just got a new coach. They've sold half their squad. A lot of these players, like, they're going to need to change something after this matchup. Um, A lot of the fans on Twitter, they're not happy about it. He's not playing the right players. Liverpool, they're always going to bounce back. Yeah. They're going to they're going to do well, even though they're in a slump right now. Defensively, they're not really uh, the best team, um, but attacking, they're going to do right with it. Um, I can see it finishing Liverpool first, Napoli second, but those teams are locked in as the one-two for me. Yeah, man. I mean, I just think that I just think that for for Napoli to to play Ajax in I think five days time from when we're recording this podcast I just think that there's not really much that they can do to to that I don't see Ajax winning the return fixture if you if you get what I'm saying like I just don't see yeah. that possible if you're telling me Liverpool could beat them then I would I would be inclined to agree but at the same time Liverpool has just been so poor for the past yeah. and a half. So I, I can't really say anything. I'm just going based off of what my eyes see for now, right? Form can change. Uh, everything bef- that happens before the World Cup can can definitely change. But uh, just been so impressed with them. And I just want to piggyback off of what you're saying. I think uh, another team that's been absolutely impressive and that we definitely wrote off is Club Rouge, who have taken yeah. nine points from their first three games. I mean, they beat every single team that they played, including Atletico, who we thought we were going to finish first. All these other teams are tied with three points. So second place is essentially a free-for-all for this group. 
Club Rouge, if they win like one more match game, they qualify for the round of 16, in my opinion. So sets them up to be really, really well and going forward. And I've just been absolutely impressed with them. And just to piggyback off of what you were saying with Barcelona, very disappointed. Uh, They are someone who I consider to be a dark horse in the, the Champions League this season because of the signings that they made. And to start by losing two of your first three and then to have to play Bayern Munich again, right? Uh, you could you could end this stage possibly with with seven points or or even with um, the most you'll probably win with is nine, right? Can Inter get nine or get four points from their last three games compared to, to Barcelona having to get six? They can, right? It's very, very much in their favor. If they go back to Barcelona and they, they end up just drawing... Uh, then I see I see Inter going through and Barcelona going to the uh, Europa League. Well, it'll all come down to that return leg between Inter and Barca. Um, it's really just that one match. Everything else is pretty much locked in. Uh, Bayern's going to win the group. Uh, Victoria's going to end up in last. So you, we both fully expect Inter and Barca to beat them. Um, so it's going to come down to if anybody can get a point off of Bayern, which... I, want to, I want to say something about that, though, but because Bayern doesn't clinch the group stages uh, or the earliest they could clinch it is essentially the fifth match day. They play Barcelona yeah. the fifth match day. They play Inter the last match day, so they could really not be playing uh, their best team when it comes to the sixth match day compared mm. with the round before, right? So that's something also to, to keep in mind. That's a good point. That is a actually fantastic point. Um, wow. Okay, yeah. But even in that last match day, if Inter end up beating Bayern, they'll be on nine points. If Barca ends up beating Inter and Barca ends up beating Victoria, it'll be still nine points. So Bayern will be at 12. But Inter still has to play Victoria as well. So Inter... Okay, yes, 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 yes. Inter could go into that last match day with nine points as well. And same same with... uh, well, Barcelona would get in with, uh, with you know, possibly possibly nine as well, because we're assuming that they lose to Bayern and beat Victoria as well, or beat Inter in this case. Yeah. So, so it would really come down to to goal difference at that point. And, yeah. Uh, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. But I'm not ruling just based off of the result. I'm not ruling Inter Milan out, despite the fact that Barcelona very clearly should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, you know, there was a lot of refereeing decisions that went against them. They absolutely deserve to win that game, at least get a point out of it. So, um, unfortunately, we just go up. Have, we have to go based off of what the board says in yeah. the group fixtures. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with these games before we go into the Europa League? Well, let's talk about Group D and E because these two groups are very tight. Um, for Group D with Sporting, Tottenham, Frankfurt, and Marseille, we said that this would be a very tight group. We expected Tottenham to be in the top. Uh, but Sporting have looked very, very good. Um, they, with two wins uh, out of the three, beating Tottenham in that comeback victory or comeback fashion, that was a huge victory for them. Uh, but with this, it's still all up for grabs. And I think what's, what's hurting Tottenham right now is the rumors of Antonio Conte potentially going to, back to Juventus. With that, they're not focused. He's probably not focused. He's had a lot of people already saying, oh, why are you, why are you not playing Doherty in the right-back position? 
because Doherty had had a fantastic last season, and he's just not playing right now. And Emerson Royale has been atrocious for them. So I can I can see this run of form really impacting Tottenham. The outside rumors really impacting them because they had a brilliant transfer window. They he was backed fully, and they're just not backing it up right now, which is shocking to say the least. You would expect them to at least have six points at this stage, but they only have one victory, one draw. Uh, and only two goals scored in the entire Champions League group stages in three matches. That's just not good enough for Spurs. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's a lot of things that uh, that are kind of causing this, right? How they play in the group stages and the way Conte sets this team up, it just it just contributes to the results that we're seeing now as well. You know, they're they are lacking some creativity in the middle of the pitch. I know their front three is unbelievable. Uh, I know that, you know, they have a lot of good defenders in their back three, but it's really the midfield for me that is just not playing up to the standards that we would expect based yeah. on the signings that they made. And that includes the wingbacks as well. So, I mean, they, listen, they can they should change their formation too. I mean, you don't have to be married to the 3-4-3. Three, three. You could do 3-5-2, which would definitely benefit them a lot by having an extra midfielder, and it would help with their forward rotations as well. But at the same time, I just feel like, They've been they've been just very disappointing, and uh, I totally agree with everything that you said. You know, and just going basically what you were talking about for for Group E. I mean, listen, I know that Chelsea have only gotten four points, but I still view them as my favorite to to finish top as yeah. well. And I think I think they're gonna play Milan again. I expect them to beat Milan again, and then they they have Zagreb and Salzburg. So I just personally feel like they will end up. Uh, avenging their loss against Zagreb, and then they'll end up beating Salzburg. So I don't, I don't foresee them really uh, finishing anything other than top. We'll be shocked if if that does happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I think, I mean, we covered off on Man City, we covered off on Real Madrid, PSG, those teams. And in the previous podcast, we already talked about Juve. Nothing's really changed with that. They ended up beating Maccabee, which is what we expected. Um, so I think we, we're good to move on to the Europa League, if you want. Yeah, perfect. All right. So, uh, you know, a lot of games for, for match day three. Uh, I'll just read the scores very quickly, and then we'll, we'll just talk about who's been impressive and who we've liked and who we can predict to, to move forward, right? So PSV beating FC Zurich 5-1, Lazio drawing with Stormgrass, Real Sociedad being Serif. Uh, you know, Ferran Vakaros beating Red Star, uh, Red Star Belgrade, sorry, beating Ferran Vakaros. Can't even pronounce that Hungarian name, man. Totally rough for me. Um, forgive me, Hungarian fans. You're fine. Yeah. So, you know, Red Star Belgrade beats them 4-1. Manchester United <laughs> beating Ammonia 3-2. Rolling your eyes, Lucas, I see you. Monaco beating Spore <laughs> 3-1. HJK drawing with Ludogratz, Union Berlin beating Malmo, one nothing. Fire Nerd and Milliland drawing. Ren beating Dynamo Kiev, 2-1. Karabag beating Olympiakos, 3-0. Shocking result for Olympiakos. Not a shocking result for me because I bet them. Yes, you did. Plus 220, that's huge. Union State, Jaloy beating Braga. Fenerbahce beating AEK Lamarca. Lanarka, sorry. For, uh, two nothing. Freiburg beating not two nothing. Arsenal beating Bodo Glimt 
three nothing, and then Real Betis beating Roma two one. So just going through these results, you know, through most half of the match days, I know that Arsenal and PSV had their game delayed, but they will play at a later date. Uh, who's impressed you? Who's disappointed you besides Manchester United? And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, who do you expect to go through? Has anything changed just based on uh, from what we had discussed previously? Nothing's really changed. Um, yeah, really nothing's changed because the only thing that could potentially change is the Roma uh, lost to Real Betis. But even so, Roma is going to play Ludogorets and HJK, and they'll end up getting a win there, so they'll be fine. I, I think this is Arsenal's tournament to lose. I'm going to throw it out there. If Arsenal do not win this tournament with the run of form that they've had, with all their players staying healthy so far, if they stay healthy, they are a shoe-in to win the tournament. Assuming we don't have any really quality side going down to the Europa League from the Champions League. Like a Barcelona or AC Milan, like any of those sides going down to the Champions League can impact Arsenal winning. But looking at the teams right now, Arsenal, they're currently in first place in the Premier League, absolutely dominating the Premier League with only one loss in the entire season. Not just Premier League, not just Europa League, the entire season, one loss, which is a complete turnaround to what where they were at last year. Mikel Arteta has really changed this team for the better. So I personally think even when they're playing their backups in the Europa League, they're dominating it. So this is theirs to lose. And... Yeah, that that's it. That's really it. The only the only team that you can also mention in the same realm as them is Man United. But even Man United, they've been playing their strongest side in the Europa League and just barely, barely uh, squeezing by. Yeah, it's just been it's been interesting because Manchester United has been so on and off the season and uh yeah, yeah. right they're at their best they they can compete with any team and then at their worst they're losing games four nothing five nothing six nothing it's it's as if the goal difference is uh is indifferent to them they don't care yeah they lose by one goal or seven goals as soon as they're they lose they kind of just get deflated but when they score then th- that's when they really come out to, to to play if they're the first team that initially scores i think with Arsenal, I kind of agree exactly with, with what you're saying. You know, they started their backups, and then you saw during the game when they're up 2 nothing, and then they sub on Odegaard, Saka, and, and Gabriel Jesus. You know, it's just the, the quality of the squad from, from top to bottom is, is very impressive. They're well-coached. They're a very young team. You know, the potential of this team, as they are right now, is, as weird as this sounds, they can, they can only get better just based off of the talent that they have and the rest that each of these players are going to get. Um, I ultimately agree with everything that you said. I think it really just depends on who comes through from the Champions League down to the Europa League. But as of right now, Arsenal has been the the best team so far, uh, you know, in the Europa League, just based off of their league and their European fixtures. So totally agree with that. PSV, on the other hand, though, have also been very impressive for me. Um, they signed this one player from PSG called Javi Simons. 
and he's unbelievable. Like just actually, and he's going to be a star. It's, it's yep. crazy. It's so crazy to me to see him come on and become as incredible of a player as he has. So I'm really excited to see Arsenal and PSV play and whether or not Arsenal will end up losing that fixture, because it's very possible for me that PSV could win it because PSV's playing their, their best lineup every Europa League game and Arsenal isn't. So very excited to see what ends up happening with that fixture when they end up playing, uh, I think within the next couple of weeks from what I remember. So uh, very interesting. Lucas, is there anything else you'd like to add before we get into our, our bets? Or do you want to uh, talk about the leagues for a little bit? I mean, I think we covered off on everything for Europa League. Let's let's cover off the leagues. Um, or do you want to get into the bets and then we can, as we're talking about the bets, we can go into the leagues. How do you want to go about this? So we kind of we've kind of covered the prem uh, a lot, right? We've talked. We can talk about Holland. That's not really the only yep. thing we're going to talk about uh, with the prem <laughs> right now because we already talked about Arsenal. So let's do let's do that. Let's just go league by league, right? Uh, let's start with Holland, and then we'll go to La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga. France, we don't have to discuss, right? Because it's just been it's been pretty straightforward this season for for uh, Ligue 1. So I think that um, we should just go based off of that, right? So let's start let's start with uh, the Premier League with uh, Holland. Because do you think he's going to break Messi's record for 50 goals in the league season if he stays healthy? Uh, uh, 50 is a lot. I think he's going to get to 40. I don't think he's going to get to 50. 50 is a lot of goals. Um, but I think the reason I think he's going to get to 40 is because he has a huge break. While everybody's in the World Cup, he is not going to be in the World Cup. He's going to have a lot of rest. So, yeah, I think he can get close to 50. I think he'll get 40, 41, but 50 is a lot. And the Premier League is a lot more difficult than La Liga. Even though Holland's making the Prem look like it's a farmer's league, bro. What is this? Like, he's scoring two goals, three goals every single game. He's had three hat-tricks already, and it's only been eight games. Like, Pep Guardiola said we cannot replace Sergio Aguero. And then he just went on and replaced him. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been outstanding. The three three consecutive home hat-tricks uh, or something like that, just unbelievable. I've been very impressed with him. He exceeded, He's exceeded my expectations. I'm sure he's exceeded everyone's expectations. I've already kind of circled him. If he stays healthy, he's breaking uh, the 34 goals in a Premier League season yeah. record. No doubt in my mind that that's going to happen. It's just for me, it's like, can he get to 50, right? Messi scoring like 73 goals in a calendar year. Even that is, I mean, that's a long shot. Uh, I think if anyone has a chance to break it, it's him. I don't know if it'll be this season or next season. I don't know what will really essentially happen with him. But it just seems like the level that Man City is playing uh, has gone to kind of just this thing where it's just... uh, it's just kind of, even though Arsenal's first, to me, it's kind of just an inevitability that Man City's going to win the league just based off of how they played and and what I'm seeing. You know, even when Bournemouth didn't let him score, they still conceded like four goals against Man City. So to me, it just it doesn't matter what you do. I think that they'll have solutions for everything. Um, just going into La Liga then, just straight away. Wait, wait. Quickly on Holland. Did you see how much he's getting paid? No, how much? 
He's getting paid 900,000 pounds a week. 900,000 pounds? That's his salary, 900,000 pounds a week. That's So at first we thought it was a bargain that he was getting paid uh, like 75, well, not he was getting paid, that Man City paid 75 million just for him to board Dortmund. But now 900,000 pounds a week, that's equivalent to what Messi would have gotten or like something like that. That's just astronomical. This is on top of bonuses and all that, but still, 900,000 pounds a week. And he's probably just crushing the bonuses because he probably gets 100,000 for every goal scored. And he's just scoring so many goals. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to me, but I think he's absolutely worth any pony, every penny. I'm just curious to see where he goes after Man City. Like, who's going to pay him? A, a price raise because he's well worth that amount to me as of right now with the amount of goals that he's scoring. I just, uh, I'm just curious to see what ends up continuing to happen. But if you had to tell me who's been more impressive this season, Mbappe or Holland, it's Holland for sure. Uh, yeah. Absolutely no yeah. doubt about it because he's in a more competitive league and he has been just banging in goals at an outrageous rate. So easily him. Um, just going through, right, La Liga, I think the only thing to just make note of is that Sevilla sacked their manager and they've been playing very, very horribly since the start of uh, this season, the end of last season. Barcelona, Real Madrid, I mean, Barcelona have just been absolutely thrashing teams ever since they dropped two points. Um, and I just think that right now it's, it's a two-horse race, right? Athletic Bilbao have been super impressed with Hope they qualify for the Champions League, have a soft spot for them in Real Sociedad because I have family in Basque country. So know how it is with both those teams. They absolutely hate each other, but uh, historically a great club. Happy for them. Atletico Madrid just continuing to do weird Atletico Madrid things. <laughs> Their squad is like better than, you know, better than all these teams and on par with Real Madrid and Barcelona, in my opinion. And yet they're they're kind of just performing in such a weird way. Uh, I don't think this ever- is what happened last season too, though. They were in eighth place and they still ended up scraping by to get that top four to get into the Champions League. And I think it's going to it's going to continue on. Uh, they're going to get better as as they always do uh, during the winter season. That's really when they're at their best. Um, so and I don't believe they have a lot of players going out to the World Cup. So they'll have a lot of time for them to really rest up, which is good for them. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, so, sort of a fun fact for you, uh, Lucas. I know that Real Betis is is uh, you know in fourth, and Sevilla's all the way at seventeenth. And Sevilla's been more successful over the past you know fifteen years compared to Real Betis. But Se- Seville uh, is actually a Real Betis town. You know, like the majority of fans really? Sevilla, yeah, are are Real Betis fans. So. It's, How? Why? I don't know. It's just historically that has been their club, right? So Sevilla like has gotten a foothold because of their past success over the and their recent success, essentially. Mm-hmm. But Real Betis has always been the team in in Se- Seville. So it's just really interesting fun fact for you. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Picked up by uh by you know my my girlfriend's brother who who studied abroad in Seville. So I was interesting fun fact for you there. All right, nice. Shall uh, we- Bundesliga. Yes. Bro, this has been, like, not the usual. No. Typically, we have Bayern winning every single game. Meanwhile, Bayern's win rate is 50%. Yes, they've drawn three games, 
but a 4-3-1 uh, win-draw-loss record for Bayern is astronomically horrible for them. But you never would have expected that from them. But they're still currently in third place with a 17-goal differential. Um, and you do expect them to turn it around and end up winning. Uh, but you have to give a shout-out to Union Berlin and Freiburg. Union Berlin have done unbelievable things this season. After last season, them finishing in, in sixth place, uh, getting to the top of the league now. They're in the Europa League, uh, just coming off a victory in the Europa League. Very, very impressive from a team that a few years ago, you would never have heard their name or even known who they were. So really impressed from Union Berlin uh, at the current stage. But again, Bayern, they're going to top the league eventually. Uh, but one matchup to fo- watch out for this weekend, Del Clasico, Dortmund, Bayern, big one. Whoever gets this, which it's always historically been Bayern Munich, they should really be the top of the table. Yeah, I mean, I just think that this clash, uh, Bayern just honestly always owns Dortmund. So yeah. Anything, anything less than a Bayern win here will, will be a very surprise for me. They just always end up playing them well. Um, just a lot of good games, man. I'm excited to, sh- to see how Leverkusen does against uh, Schalke. Leverkusen right now is 17th uh, and Schalke is 15th. So I feel like this is a good chance for Xabi to start off well and yeah. to, to kind of establish a foothold in uh, his managerial career. I think, you know... I mean, I, I can't believe Union Berlin is top of the table and Freiburg is tied with them. Just very impressed with both of these teams. Uh, Union Berlin was playing really well last year as well, and they've only continued to develop that. And a lot of it is just the culture of the team. Yeah. They they ended up drawing with Bayern when they played too, so it's not as if uh, it's not as if they it's played. Bayern, yeah, Bayern smashed them or something like that, and they're just uh, they're just doing well. They 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 held their own against Bayern Munich and. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how how this plays out. I believe there's this Bundesliga fact: no one's ever won like nine in a row or ten in a row, and Bayern have won like eight or one before whatever the record is, right? Yeah. So um, they've essentially tied the record and they're trying to break it. And I just think it's curious that maybe this potentially not Bayern's year this year. Uh, does that mean that Nagelsmann's getting fired? I don't believe so because no. I, I think he's so talented and. I think they're in it with him for the long haul, especially with the amount that they pay for him. Uh, if it's but, not Byron's year, then whose is it? I don't know, man. I bet Dortmund to win it at plus 1,000, but I just uh, – I don't know. There was this one year, right, uh, where it was uh, 08-09 from what I remember. And and with 08-09, it was, uh, it was Hoffenheim that led halfway through the Bundesliga. Yeah. And, and then uh, Wolfsburg just came out of nowhere and ended up taking the Bundesliga clown, uh, crown because, you know, Hoffenheim, Veda, Bicevic was their leading goal scorer. He tore his ACL. And then Bayern kind of took the lead until Wolfsburg just started throwing everyone into the, the fire and beat Bayern Munich 6-1 from what I remember or something crazy like that. Uh, so it could be something where someone comes out of nowhere. It could be that one of these two teams that's leading now is going to be the ones that win it, but um, Union Berlin is currently plus forty four hundred. I mean, come on, that's 
very interesting to me, you know, but they did lose to Frankfurt over the weekend. So I don't know if there's a bet where I could do anybody, but Bayern Munich and I get plus odds for it, then I would, I would, uh, I would consider it. I agree. If there's like a Bayern Munich versus the field, I'll yes. definitely do the field. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, I'm sure they'd give you even odds for something like that, but even then at that point, definitely be worth taking. Yeah, Bayern Munich is minus 600 to win the league. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, you know who else is very confused right now? Serie A with all the teams that are vying for, you know, the top first four. Who I would have, I can tell you right now, Lucas, I could have, you know, you could have probably convinced me that maybe Napoli is in contention for Champions League. I would have yeah. never thought that Udinese would be doing as well as they are now, considering where they finished last year. I've just been, uh, like, it's just unbelievably impressive because they'll they'll they're the type of team that'll be like 15th 16th uh 12th like whatever like they finished mid-table last year mid-table always yeah and and out of nowhere they'll just have a fifth place finish a fifth place finish a fourth place finish and then they'll go back to being like 17th 18th like you know and then back up to Serie A that's just how they are they recruit historically really well young talented players uh I mean this striker Beto that they that they got on loan last year that put 11 goals in has had a phenomenal start and he is someone that's going to probably move on to another big club within the Serie A after this season uh wildly impressed with with the Serie A race I, th- I just think it's it's been year It always it, has uh, been historically tight the Serie yeah. A race um it's probably been the the most competitive league except for that one like 3 years that Juve just dominated it but in recent history, it's been very, very tight. Uh, but this year, I think we can have a third consecutive year of having a new Serie A champ. Maybe fourth consecutive year, actually, because Juve won it, then Inter. And last year, Milan won it. Now it could be Napoli. Napoli's form has been incredible. Their recruitment has been unreal. We already talked about them earlier in the Champions League. But it can be the fourth consecutive year of a new... Uh, Scudetto champion, like that's Lucas, incredible. Lucas Serie top scorer right now, Lucas. Oh, you're never gonna Blahovic. get No, really? Oh, I was gonna guess Blahovic. No, no, it's uh, Manchester United target Marco oh <laughs> with six goals, <laughs> bro. Oh, that guy's a clown, he's a racist clown. I don't like him. Vlahovic, Immobile, Beto, and uh, Karachgelia uh, from Napoli that they also signed, signing of the season for Serie A, maybe every other league for the amount that they got him for, but they're second all tied with five goals. Dybala with four. Uh, Coop Miners for Atalanta is like a defensive midfielder. My guy's got four goals for, for Atalanta. Yeah. Um, just, just, you know, very impressive race so far. Uh, have no idea who's going to win. I want Napoli to win. I'm just a fan. And I just thought, I don't know. I don't know what will happen, Lucas, because we have literally six teams separated by four points. So Yeah, this is the tightest the Serie A has ever been, especially first to seventh. Um, and you always have to factor Juve in. Even last year, they were in 10th place. They ended up finishing top four. Yes, they're seven points back of first. They're four points back of fourth. But you can never factor them out, especially with the goal differential that they have. They still have a chance of picking up those four points easily to get into the top four. Um, 
And if they get the a new manager, because Allegri's just been horrific for them, yeah. uh, they can really pick up the form. Yeah, their squad is definitely more talented than how they're performing. And uh, yeah. I, that, I know that Allegri... Listen, their owner, uh, Agnelli, is not really that good of an owner, kind of impulsive, doesn't really back the club as much as he should. Uh, I think that for them, they just need a managerial change because their squad is is far too talented for how they're performing right now. And they're not even playing good football. And it's it's a shame, but I don't think Allegri is necessarily a bad manager. I just think he wasn't the right manager at the time, even though Juventus fans wanted him back. And mm-hmm. he came back. He came back uh, because of that desire for them to want him. I just feel like uh, I don't know. I mean, sorry, ironically, would be great for them right now. Uh, there's there's a lot of managers that they had in the past that would be a good good fit for for them. But I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. I think Inter, like you alluded to, I think they might sack their manager based off of how they perform. But having beaten in Barcelona recently, I don't see that happening for another couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so we'll end up seeing what happens with the Serie A. But I think with this being said, I think this is a good segue to get into our bets for the weekend. Let's do it. Do you have any Serie A bets? Uh, I have to look. I like started researching. I've been so cold, just so everyone knows on the pod, that I have not bet for a couple of weeks just due to uh, the last-minute draws against Crystal Palace uh, with... Uh, I forgot who they played, and then Lazio drawing with Sampdoria also in the last minute. So ever since then, I've been jaded, and I just haven't wanted to bet. But uh, I'll do some time to take some research, Lucas, if you want to give a few of your bets. Sounds good, because uh, I have been on the opposite side. I've been on a pretty good streak uh, starting this week, where I've actually been starting to track my wins and losses, and I have five wins uh, out of the seven bets that I've played, so... Pretty, pretty solid so far. Again, I uh, did my research to try to get the best bets for you guys. But the first one that I have is this team is one historically bad defensively while also being really good offensively. Um, with the odds being as good as they are, I think Spurs Brighton over two and a half at minus 110 could be a really good bet. Brighton just drew 3-3 against Liverpool. Uh, Spurs are coming off a 3-1 loss against Arsenal. And even before then, Spurs have tend- have been either scoring a lot of goals or they've given up a lot of goals. And Brighton have been scoring a lot of goals. So uh, over 2.5, minus 110, I really like that bet. Uh, I like that bet as well. So I'm going to go for uh, Man City, Southampton. So there's a lot of bets I like for this fixture. Um, so if I'm if I'm going to go to to score two or more goals, I like Erling Holland at plus 150. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, I just think that that's a really good bet. Uh, you know, I also like, and, and I'll give this as my second bet anyway, but uh, the one thing I just want to check before I say that is I just want to see, listen, their past results, right? I know that they've been inconsistent against Southampton. They won last time 4-1, then they drew twice, and then they beat them 5-2 a couple years ago. But I just think that this Man City team is totally different. Uh, And I think the Southampton team has only won four, or they've lost four of their last five. So I just feel like I like like the plus odds here. I like Erling Holland to score more than than once here. Um, So I don't know. 
that wasn't my bet in this week because I thought it would be just like a long shot and I didn't want to have everybody place that bet. But I actually did place that bet for myself. I really like Erling Holland to score two plus goals. Uh, really, really good stuff. He did it over the week uh, in the Champions League. He did it over the weekend in uh, against United. He scored a hat trick. Two plus goals for Erling Holland. It just seems the norm. Man City is always just starting the game 1-0 because they have Erling Holland scoring immediately. So you know I, I really like that. You know what's an outrageous bet that you should maybe just throw uh, like a tenner on just to see what happens? But the no goals bet for this game is at plus 4,600. And uh, I just think that that's, those are so high as, as an odds. Like, why wouldn't you want to throw like a dollar on that? Or, you know what a I mean? dollar to win 46. Yeah, like why wouldn't you want to do something like that if you have the if you have a like a nice bankroll going? You know, if I had if I had essentially the bankroll that I had when I started the season, uh, then then I would definitely go there. But I, I'm starting again at 50 bucks. We'll continue to see what ends up happening with me. Hopefully, I won't be as impulsive. But Erling Holland to score twice is is the bet that I like. Um, what is your second bet? My second bet is Newcastle Moneyline minus 125. They've been in incredible form. Meanwhile, Brentford are coming off of uh, a loss, a really bad loss, actually. So I really like Newcastle at home with Alexander Ishak at minus 125. I like that as well. I like Leicester against Bournemouth at plus 105. Um, I think... Yeah, I think Leicester having one against Nottingham Forest for nothing, they get their first win of the season. I think they just needed uh, to get a win on the board, and I, I feel like this is a good opportunity for them to have their form continue. So Leicester at plus 105 for me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, and my third one, Union Berlin money line plus 185. As we mentioned, Union Berlin is currently first in the Bundesliga. You know who they're playing? Stuttgart who are currently 16th in the Bundesliga, plus 185. They're underdogs. Like, I don't get that. So I, I, that's me. I, I don't think that Union Berlin can lose this game with the form that they've been in, and they're coming off a victory in the Europa League. Yes, they lost over the weekend in the Bundesliga, but I really like those odds. Yeah, that's so tough for me now because I just uh, I want to I want to think about my third bet and I kind of want to go a little international. So I'm just I'm okay. just looking I'm just looking around. She's shopping, Lucas. Just shopping. She's shopping. If uh, if um, Rem wasn't playing Paris Saint Germain, I would definitely bet uh, Balogun anytime goal scorer because he's he scored five and seven so far. Um, but because of that fixture, I, I don't necessarily like that result. Let me see. I'll do. I'll do the Paris Saint Germain spread against Rem. Uh, they're only they have to beat by, uh, Rem by more than one goal, which I think is okay. totally possible in this situation. And uh, I just feel like, you know, just judging based on how they play and the team that they are they should be able to to do that especially considering the fact that they've been in pretty good form and then they've also you know their past four games they've beaten Ren by more than one goal they beat them four nothing two nothing four nothing and two nothing as well so 
really like those odds for Paris Saint Germain. I like that. I think I think we got a lot of good bets in for this week. I think we're I think we're due for a five of six week, and I I think it's this week, honestly. Uh, I think we are due. But I will say, for the Newcastle bet, if Alexander Ishak is not playing, if he's injured, if he's out, do not place the bet. That's all I will say. Totally if he's fair. in and he's good, place the bet. Just for uh, everyone's full disclosure, right? We've been tracking our bets, uh, and we'll we'll conclude the podcast after this. Uh, we're tracking our bets. So overall for this year, you know, we are. Uh, I believe we were three of six last time with our bets, right? So with that included, we're 17 of 28. And uh, we were one for four the previous week. That was our, really our only bad weekend. Uh, but other than that, I think we've been doing pretty well. I'm glad that we haven't really jumped at too many bets with, uh, with us being kind of poor for a little bit of a stretch. So that's why we didn't give anything really. But overall, we're still doing pretty well. You know, we're 38 of 55. It's becoming a pretty decent sample size. And I think that uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue going back on form because we do, you know, when we're not doing well, we're performing slightly below 500. But when we're doing really well, we're getting like five of six, six of six. And we do it for a lot of weekends. So uh, be excited to see how we do this weekend with the bets that we have in place. Yep. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. All right, Lucas. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we conclude the pod? Oh, dude, that that was a great week of uh, soccer. We have a lot of soccer coming up. I mean, as always, just make sure you uh, follow those socials. Absolutely. Follow <laughs> us on Off the Post Footy on Instagram, Off the Post Football on TikTok, and then you can also find us on YouTube. We usually pull out content every couple of days, so look forward to our videos, even if you're a Barcelona fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we hope you and guys... As always. Yes, yes. <laughs> Go as ahead. always, though, let's enjoy them, Techers, boys. Absolutely. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one.